Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. I was thinking this morning on the way, I was thinking, you know, dads are famous for their jokes, right? Dad jokes. And I was trying to think of my dad. He's here today. Dad, I love you. He's right back there. Dad, wave everybody. That's Papaw. That's what we call him. I have a good father. I have a good father. I'm a blessed man. I have a good father. And I started thinking, what's some of the jokes my dad used to always tell? Because they're so stupid. Are you with me? He used to say this one all the time. Oh, he's leaving now. Oh, where are you going? He would say this joke all the time. He'd go, hey, look over there. There's a graveyard. Yeah, Dad. He goes, you know why there's a fence around it? And I said, no. And he goes, because people are just dying to get in. I look at him. That's the stupidest joke I've ever heard. Of course, I'm driving down the road one day with my son, William. Guess what I did? Hey, William, you see that fence around that graveyard over there? Yeah, Dad, you know why? <laughs> why? We just keep passing on the stupid jokes. So I thought of one. I mean, uh, I asked my dad one time. I said, Dad, give me your best dad joke. And he said, you. <laughs> I'm here all week, people. <laughs> my kids one day said, Dad, you owe us 50% of all your Father's Day gifts because if it weren't for us, you wouldn't even be a father. <laughs> I got one more. Y'all can handle one more? Yeah, how about this one? Happy Father's Day to all of our dads that were smart enough to teach their kids to mow the lawn so we wouldn't have to. Come on, kick. get out there and cut that grass. Uh, I know Father's Day, it's, it's a happy day for some, and for some it's not. It's, it, it can bring back memories and things that you don't want. And I, I hope to encourage you, whether you've had a, uh, a blessed dad like me, or you had a, a dad like me, or you had a father. And I, I think a lot of Pastor Jacob, and many of you don't know this, I keep t Heidi and I keep telling Pastor Jacob, next time you come to Opelousas, just give your testimony. Just tell where you came from. And uh, he didn't have a father. Uh, but how many of you know when you give your life to the father that he never leaves you lacking? He always makes up the difference for you. And so I want to encourage you to hear today. If that's you today and you walked in the room and when you say Father's Day, you go, oh, no, let me shoot the text. Um, you don't even want to call that the Lord will make up the difference for you. It doesn't matter where you are. Heidi's a testimony of it with her family as well, that in she found something in the house of God that replaced, that God didn't just replace with a spiritual mother, but spiritual mothers, all kinds of women in her life. Pastor Jacob had all kinds of men gather around him that replace what he was missing on this earth. And what a good, good father we serve. Can we just, who Father's Day really is about? Put your hands together for the father of all fathers. Thank you, Lord. So I wanna, uh, today we just wanna honor 
you, you dads today, the chain breakers in this room. And for many of you, you are the chain breakers, where you're the first generation that starts the blessing, where you gave your life to Jesus and your children are going to grow up and not know some of the pain that you grew up with. And so we just wanna honor the chain-breaking fathers in this room. How many know Opelousas needs the chain-breaking fathers? Mamas, we love you. You're amazing. You are nurturing and loving and caring and forgiving and all that. But how many of you know you need a father? You, you need that voice. Identity comes from the father's voice, the, 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 the masculinity. And, and I'm, I'm afraid of our culture. It's trying to take masculinity away from us. We need, we need men, men. I said we need men, men. So I bought a tractor. <laughs> I just wanted to get that in because I bought a tractor and I, I'm so excited about it. I got a tractor. Tell me, Dejan, I bought a tractor. Arr, 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 arr. So uh, we want to honor you today. We want to honor the, the great ones, the good ones, the young ones, the old ones, the new ones. The true ones, all striving, live up to this awe-inspiring title called Father. And what distinguishes you uh, different from all six billion people on the face of the earth that there's someone out there that calls you daddy, dad. And what a privilege and honor it is to carry that same title that the Father himself, the Father, our God, that you carry that same exact title. And what a responsibility that is. And uh, I've often said, you know, that your, the, like the, your earthly father is like the glasses that you look through to see what the real father, the heavenly father, is really like. And just like my glasses today, I didn't clean them this morning. I can see the smudges on them, and I, too, carry smudges on me that my children are gonna grow up and see the weakness of my own life, be close enough to see them, the smudges, but hopefully there's not too many smudges that they can't still see clearly through of what the Heavenly Father is really like. And so today I hope that you honor your dad, and we're gonna talk a little bit about that, maybe even you know, in today's message, where you might get to a spot where you go, what, what is there to honor? And I wanna to talk to you about that. So let me give you just three thoughts this morning. I'm not going to preach very long. And usually when I say that, I end up doing it. Okay, I'm gonna preach really long. And maybe I'll preach really short. But I wanna give you just really three thoughts today as we kinda of enter into this Father's Day. And uh, here's three things I know about you. Number one, and this is for sons and daughters in the, in the room. You got a father. You, you, you have a father. And I, and I wanna show you, I think it's one of the great examples in the Old Testament when we start looking at this young man and we're gonna look at him when he's a young man, though much of the, there's a lot in the Bible about this particular individual, but we get to see him when he was just a teenager. And how many of you have teenagers? Let me see your hand, if you got teenagers, you should be praying. You should lift both hands, in fact, right now. So, Father, please help me. If you got teenagers, and, and so, you with me, Chris? <laughs> you, so if you got teenagers, 
And so we're going to peer into the life of a teenager. So if you are a teenager in the room, you ought to really lean in because he's going to teach you a lesson. And so we, we peer into the life. Of course, his name is David, and he has the most awesome day in history of a teenager. I mean, he's going to show up to battle lines where Israel is lined up against the Philistines, and they're both on two sides of the hill with a valley in between. Heidi and I have actually been to the site in Israel where the battle took place. And you're going to have David, this young David, he's actually showing up to the battle line to where his brothers are in the military. And they're, they're, they're facing off, but nobody's taking the first step. It's kind of like two guys in, in, at the schoolyard going, you hit me, no, you hit me first, you hit me. And they're waiting on each other <laughs> to hit each other. And they're just sitting there and, and Jesse, David's father, sends food for his boys and says, go check on your brothers on the front line. And David shows up, just a teenager. Some say around 14, maybe 15. I don't, do we have any 14, 15 year old boys in the room, young men? If you're 14 or 15, just wave at me real quick. He's, he's sleeping. Okay, he's still sleeping. Right there, is that a 14 year old? Right, right up there, stand up young man, right out there. Stand up right back there. There's a 14, 15 year old young man right there. He shows up, he, okay, you can sit back down. We don't want to, you, you, you're, you're still in my show. And so the 14, 15 year old boy shows up, checks on everything, and he sees this giant, the, the, the Goliath come down, some say nine foot tall, standing in the middle, the Philistine giant, declaring, hey, let's don't fight everybody. Let's too many people to kill. Why don't you just send down your champion, champion versus champion, and whoever wins gets the spoils of victory, except there's one problem. No one's willing to go down and fight him, except for David. Of course, David, we know the story, right? He's going to go down to the brook, take five smooth stones. He's going to take his slingshot and his staff, and he's going to down five smooth stones. By the way, five is the number of grace. How many thank God for the grace of God, the unmerited favor, what you do not deserve? And he takes his staff with him, his staff, which has got the symbols on them. It's got the lion and the bear when he killed them on there, reminding him of the goodness and the faithfulness of God. Sometimes you just gotta remind yourself of how God, good God has been to you. You might have walked in today with some problem. We, got, we all got one. I had a flat tire on my tractor this morning. I know, pretty crazy, huh? But I'm just glad I got one. I'm glad I got a tractor that's got a flat tire. At least I got a tractor. You just got to remind yourself of the goodness of God. Of course, we know the story, right? He's going to hit the giant with the slingshot in the head, knock him out, take Goliath's own sword, and chop his own head off with it, which resembles what the enemy meant for evil, God meant for good. He'll turn it around. He always turns it around. And so it may look bad today, but you can say, no, no, I know my God is good. The grace of the Lord is upon me. I've got my staff. I've seen the faithfulness of God. And he'll take what the enemy meant for evil, put a sword in your hand, and you can slay the giant that you're facing today. And he does it. And he comes back to the king, King Saul. 
and he's walking back with Goliath's sword. Could you imagine the size of Goliath's sword? The Bible tells how long it is and big it is and heavy it is and all that kind of good stuff. And it tells it, but it's a nine foot tall man. You know, it's not like a little pocket knife in his hand. A huge sword and he's got Goliath's head. What a day for a 14, 15 year old because he already knew the king already said, whoever slays this giant gets one of my daughter's hand in marriage. And she was fine. <laughs> Come on, that, that'll, that'll, get, that'll get the testosterone going in a 15-year-old. And your daddy won't have to pay taxes anymore. Come on, daddy's in the room saying, son, what are you doing? <laughs> and, and he's already going to get these rewards, and he brings them back to King Saul, and he lays them at his feet. By the way, this is free, by the way. King Saul, some of you might remember, was a head taller than all Israelites. So you know when fighting begins to fight, right? You know fighters, you know how they do it, right? When a one boxer is going to take on another boxer, they do it by height and weight. So if who should have walked down and faced the giant? Saul. Instead, there's this 15-year-old boy going to walk down. He walked down a boy, but he didn't walk out a boy. He walked up a man, and he drops that. And we pick up the story, and found in 1 Samuel 17, 55 through 58. And as Saul watched David go out to fight the Philistine, he asked Abner, the commander of his army, Abner, whose son is that young man? I really don't know, Abner declared. Well, find out who he is, the king told him. As soon as David returned from killing Goliath, Abner brought him to Saul with the Philistine's head still in his hand. And he says, what? Tell me about your daddy. And David replied, his name is Jesse. And we live in Bethlehem. Everybody look right here. Because you're a son or a daughter in this house. Saul wasn't asking who David was. He wanted to know, who's your daddy? Who is your father? What is the message for each of us that we should all live in such a way that we bring glory to our fathers? Glory to our daddy. Let me tell you what old men do because I pass by the sit-go in Washington every morning. Oh, they there. Larry, are you there sometimes? You, you, quit, you quit drinking down at the sit-go in the morning? Come on, everybody give the Lord praise. Larry quit drinking coffee at the sit-go every morning. You know what those old men are talking about? Not, not you, Larry. You, you, that's why you quit going, because you're too young for those old men. They're talking about their kids. All, all we've ever wanted to do is impress one man. If you're a man in here, there's only one man you really want to impress. Your daddy. Your daddy. For him to look at you and go, you're my boy. You're, you're a fine man. I, I, I res you know, mama's always, oh, baby, that's my baby, that's my baby, that's my baby. He's like, get off of me. That ain't what they really want. I'm talking for boys here. They don't, that's my baby. You'll always be my baby. Oh, thank you, mama. 
and he's still acting like a baby. He's 42. That ain't what we really want, is it, men? What you really want is your daddy to look square in your eyes and say, son, I respect you. Me? Yeah? You're a good man. Who's your daddy to bring glory and honor to the father? Now that's earthly, but there's also a responsibility that we should want to live in such a way, not talk it, walk it, that would bring glory and honor to our Father. You ought to give the Lord praise for that, amen? Look at me right here, and this is important. This, this is important in the physical, but it's important in the spiritual as well. If you don't embrace your sonship, and I'm going to talk to you about the daddies that you go, well, this ain't a good day. Because I got a lot of scars from my daddy. If you don't embrace your sonship, it will be difficult for you to embrace your fatherhood. He's got the key. Daddy always has the key. And I can, I can, hear, you, I can hear you now saying, but you don't know my dad. He was a blanket and blank, blank, blank. And, but you did receive some things from your father, traits, personality, looks, size. And if you deny him, you really deny part of yourself. It doesn't mean that you have to have close fellowship with someone that could bring harm to you or harm to your family, but it does mean you can still embrace the sonship of which you grew up. And you go, but Pastor, you, you don't know how I grew up. It's not about how you grew up. It's how you grow up. It's how you grow up. I love this quote from Gordon Dalby, one of my favorite books of all time. If you ever just go, I just want to read this one book Pastor Eugene suggested. This is for the men in the house. Women do not get this book. It's for men only. This is right here. Let me, let me, Gordon Dalby, he wrote a book called Healing the Masculine Soul. It's a RRR book. Okay, and it said, this is what he wrote. He said, the man who curses his father instead of surrendering his pain to Jesus for truth. The man who curses his father instead of surrendering his pain to Jesus for truth, forgiveness, and redemption curses the preface of his own manhood. Did you get that? Just give it to him. I, I love the, one of the I'm a, I, I grew up listening to all kinds of music. I, I grew up as early, I, I, I don't know if, you, I'm not a one kind of music person. I, I, like, I like the, the variety. I, I, I like country because I got a tractor. Did I tell y'all I got a tractor? <laughs> a pop time. <laughs> I, I like, I, I love Motown. Motown's one of my favorite of all time. I, I just, just, it just makes me want to dance. Um, and I could dance back in the day. Uh, Motown, I, I like a little rock and ro a little rock when you're driving. Like if you're on a road trip, like when William's with me, William's like playlist king. 
I was like, William, give me some driving music. He's like, driving down the highway. <laughs> Looking for adventure. <laughs> Y'all know that song? <laughs> Slow ride. Y'all remember that old country song by Johnny Cash? Somebody needs to, when you kids need to Google it, a boy named Sue. Y'all remember that song? Well, here's the story of the song. This, this father who really left him as a little infant names him Sue. And he grows up with the name Sue. And could you imagine going through school with your name? What's your name? Sue. Sue. You know, and, and, he, and he starts fighting and getting in fights and all this, and he grows up. The whole song's about, I'm looking for that blankety blank who named me Sue. And when I find him, I'm going to punch him in the mouth. It's a country song. That's what country songs do. They talk about this kind of stuff. And then one day he's in the bar drinking. And he looks over a guy. He's got, he says, what, what's your name? He said, my name's Sue. And he goes, uh, I'm your daddy. <laughs> And he goes, well, my name's Sue. How do you do? And then they get in a big fight. God told him, Blake, and he blame. They roll around, and finally he goes, he's about to cut him with a knife or something. I don't remember the song. Play it backwards. They all live. They get along well. <laughs> he's about to cut him, and he says, the reason why I named you Sue, because I knew you weren't going to be there. I wasn't going to be there. And I knew in order for you to live and survive in this tough world, you'd have to fight and scratch and crawl. And I knew. So I named you Sue. And he goes, oh, hey, daddy. <laughs> and they hug and they kiss and it's all of us. They're crazy. There's something good. Even in the pain, if you'll give it to Jesus, He'll take the pain, he'll turn it around, and you can give honor to what is honorable. Are you hearing me this morning? He, Paul wrote in Ephesians, says, honor your fathers. Honor them. It didn't say, are they honorable? It said, honor them. Honor the father. Honor what is honorable. Every daddy here's got his nakedness. Every father has his nakedness. Children, sons and daughters, you grow up close to your dad. You got to see it. I love what the scripture says about the sons of Noah. There were some who went and talked up, uncovered their father, and there were the two sons who covered their father. And you're going to have to do some covering with your father. Hopefully, I made it better. Hopefully, I was a, a better dad than my dad was, and he was a great dad. Hopefully, I'm a little better, and then William takes, turns that around, and he's a little better than me, and then his son takes that, and he's a little Father, My dad was the, the chain breaker, so the chain breaker, so what was the curse now becomes the blessing. And it says sin curses for four generations, but the blessing can last for a thousand generations. Come on, chain breakers. And God, so I, I want to, I hope that, that encourages you, cover and honor. And this is what Noah, when he rose from his drunkenness, 
When he rose from it, he said that his two boys who covered and honored him would be blessed, and those who didn't, who uncovered him, would be cursed. What does that mean? It means you can bless yourself today. Wouldn't you like to just do that? I wish I just need a blessing. Just put your hand on your head and say, I bless you, and push back like that. Just bless yourself. And you go, how can I do that? By honoring your father. Just, just get blessed today by honoring your father. You're blessing yourself. It, it would be foolish if you go, I ain't even calling that man who named me Sue. You do, no, no, go ahead and call him and honor him. Just say, I just want to thank you. Find what's honorable and honor it, and you'll just be blessing yourself. Let me give you number two. This is what I know about you. You have a father. And number two, you're in this room today. For our men who are here, you are a father. You're a daddy. Fathering, Tom Hansel said, fathering is unpredictable. It's untidy and frequently confusing. That is why there are so many fathers who have children, but so few children who have fathers. And if I just had a couple of words that would describe what does it really mean to be a father, one would be sacrifice. We sacrifice. Pastor Nick illustrated that earlier. We just, his father. how many of y'all know Father's Day does not equal Mother's Day? I mean, Mother's Day, you ain't got no choice. You got to deliver. How many of you know Father's Day? We really don't care. We go, oh, it's Father's Day, that's great. My kids always ask me, I always answer the same, Dad, what do you want for Father's Day? I, I just want you kids to behave. That, that's it. Oh, I could use some new underwear. It's been 20 years. We'll keep them forever. You girls change underwear frequently. We don't. We're good. They work. Can I get an amen? They work. It's sacrifice. Look, at, it's, it's in your DNA. It, it's in your DNA. It's in the dirt that you were created from to sacrifice. We give up things so others can have things. We really don't care. I mean, ladies, we ain't that complicated. Pretty simple. If you feed us good and love us just a little bit, we're going to be fine. We give up something so others can have something. It's what dad do. We sacrifice. Honor that. We get up, go to work, sometimes in jobs we don't even like, so that we could provide for our families. And that is our joy. Heidi was so good when our kids were growing up and they'd go to the store to go clothes shopping or whatever. And, you know, I never want, I don't like to go, you know, or it's a man thing, right? Y'all know how men shop, right? We are hunters. We know what we want, and we know where it's at. We walk into the store, we get that one thing. We don't even look at anything else. We walk in and go, I am here to get this, and I am out of here. We don't care, sale, end caps, don't matter, prices falling, who cares? Got what I want, hunted, shot, killed, got it, out. Girls, gatherers, they got their list. I'm, 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 well, I go shopping sometimes with Heidi and she's got her list, grocery shopping. She goes, would you just please go with me and pu push the basket? 
She's got, I go, what's on the list? I got the list. I'm going, what's on the list? She's like, oh, I just want to go look at this over here real quick. No, no, baby. That ain't on the list. We just here to get the list. Oh no, but this is on sale. Are y'all with me, man? How many of y'all have ever been in this situation? Lie, you fry, you're in church, you'll go straight to hell. Listen, how many of y'all have ever been in this situation? She comes in and goes, look at all we got right here. Like, and I saved you. She doesn't tell me how much it cost. She lets me know how much she saved me. I said, baby, if you really want to save me, stay home. Can I get an amen from the Congress? Save me. Heidi taught the kids when they she'd take the girls shopping. She taught them well, right? So they, they like to shop. They like to gather. Stuff. I don't know how you girls do it. You find stuff you don't even need. It's just, it's just, it's in your DNA. And she taught when the girls were little, they would come in and they'd show daddy everything, right? Because they, they learned this from their mother. And I got this. And our response is, that is so cute. And, and I got these, these shoes. And I go, oh, those, uh, that's, that's, those, those are great, baby. I love those. Those are going to be great. Of course, in my mind, I'm thinking, you have 42 pairs of black shoes. <laughs> I guess one more. You needed one more. Are y'all with me? And, and she taught the girls, so they do the same thing when they were little. They come in and look, Dad, I got this, and look at this, and I, oh, you're gonna look so pretty in that. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, and then and and, and Mama said it was on sale, and we saved you all kinds of money. <laughs> Thank you, baby, for saving Daddy money. And then she, Daddy. Thank you, because we know you work so hard. <laughs> I'm a good, good father. That's who I am. That's who I am. It's in our DNA. What a joy. What a privilege. Courage is in our DNA. Right? There's a sound outside in the middle of the night. I said, what is that? I don't, you, you're not supposed to go, I don't know, baby, why don't you get your flashlight? Go check it out. <laughs> now, that's our job, right? <laughs> I look like Barney Fife out in the middle of the night. <laughs> We, we, is this okay, y'all? How much time I got left? We lived on, Heidi and I bought a farm, right? So we, we live out in the country. We didn't know. It's like Green Acres. You know, the people from New York that moved to the country. That's us. We moved to the country. We didn't, we didn't know. So at night, we would turn on all the outside lights because that's what you do when you live in the town. Uh, yeah, there's some country people right there go, oh, rookie, rookie. <laughs> Rookie. We turned on all the outside lights. I mean, we had nice out floodlights outside, flooding the world with light to keep the critters away, right? Because with this we thought. No, but the critters, they like light. They're like, there's light. And then our dogs are like, rawr, 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 rawr. 
all night. They're like, shut up. Then they'd be quiet for about 30 minutes. You'd get to sleep. So for like two weeks, we're like, y'all probably remember some of those sermons. I was like, hey, y'all, let's pray. And finally, we, we, I was driving home one night, and I'm driving down my road to get to my house, and all my neighbors, it's pitch black. There ain't a light on anywhere. And I just figured out, maybe we're supposed to turn off our lights, because... Because down at the end of the road, I could see our house. It looked like a UFO was landing. I'm like, this ain't good. And we turned all the lights. I said, baby, let's try it. Let's just turn all the lights off. And we go, it's so dark outside. It's scary. And we never heard a dog bark or anything. I don't know why I'm telling y'all this. But I bought a tractor. <laughs> I work alone, sir. <laughs> Sacrifice, courage. It's in our DNA. It's in your DNA. Let me give you number three. Vic's going to come help me. You are a son of the heavenly father. And then, could y'all add this to my notes for the next one? It's supposed to have parentheses around it or whatever those things are. What are those things? No, the... And it's supposed to say optional. It's optional. Optional means you have a choice. I love what Galatians 4, 4 through 7 says, but when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to, watch this, buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his own children. Wow, what does that mean? It means, like, it means like this, you, you, we all have a father, right? Because that's how you got here. And, and you might have one that's caused you more pain than pleasure. But the heavenly father is saying, no, I'm sending Jesus here to heal you. And I'll buy you. I'll adopt you. You, you ever thought, man, I wish I could be part of their family. You ever go spend the night with a friend and go, God, their parents are cool. My parents are dweebs. I don't even know what that means, but my parents have no drip. And God say, no, 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 I'll adopt you. I don't know about you. Listen to me. And I know we have some in our church who've adopted children. They've had children and adopted children. I can tell you which one takes more love. To adopt one. It means you chose them. You know the one you had? You didn't have a choice. They showed you, this is yours. 
I know, but the other one in the nursery is so much cuter than mine. Sorry, you get the ugly baby, that one's yours. Because the, the, the things match. You go, I know, but that one, I like that one's complexion better. Sorry. That one's yours. You take it home, they end up looking like you. You end up spanking them because they act just like you did when you was a kid. And you repent to God. Right? God's saying, no, I, I choose you. I chose you. You didn't choose me. I chose you. you. I chose to follow Jesus. No, you didn't. He chose you. He was after you. You might be sitting in this room today. You do not know the Lord. You don't have a relationship with Christ at all. And you know it. You know it. Even you sitting in this room today, it's another sign. He's after you. He chose you. He wants to adopt you. He wants to take you. Go, my father. No, 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 no. He wants to become your father. And he's a good one. The perfect father. And he wants to become your father. And because we are his children, verse 6 says, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the Holy Spirit, prompting us to call out Abba, Father. Abba is just a word that simply means daddy. Daddy, now you are no longer a slave, but you are God's own child. And since you are his child, God has also made you an heir. I got an inheritance coming. Child of God, you've got an inheritance coming. The scripture says, eye has not seen, ear has not heard what is waiting for the children of God. Maybe you don't have a great father, but I love Psalm 68, 5 and 6. It says, Father, he'll be a father to the fatherless Defender of widows, this is God whose dwelling is holy and God will place the lonely in families. He sets the prisoners free and gives them joy but makes the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. God himself wants to be your father. So he's the father, he knows all. He still knows you. He didn't come just to bring us the answers. He came to bring us the father. And today... You can make that relationship begin with him. Pastor Nick, I'll close. Is that okay? You want me to close? I'll just close. So maybe you're here today with every head bowed and every eye closed. I just want to give one moment, an opportunity. Maybe today you've looked through the smudged glasses of your earthly father and thought, man, this heavenly father is a jerk. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm sorry for the pain. But maybe today you can start all over, be adopted into this family. He loves you. Jesus said it. You can't enter the kingdom, see the kingdom. You can't be adopted into this family until you are born again. How do you do it? It's as easy as ABC. 
admit that you're a sinner. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've fallen short of the standard of God's word. We haven't lived up to it. We've got places of nakedness in all of our lives, me included. We believe that Jesus came to die for the sin that you and I committed because sin has a penalty to it. It's called death, eternal separation from God. Not in heaven, but in hell. And he came to save us. Jesus was on a rescue mission to save all of us from ourselves and our sin, which means he'll forgive you for everything you've ever done. He said, if you'll repent of your sin, turn around, go the other way. If you'll repent of it, he'll take your sin and cast it in the sea of forgetfulness and remember it no more. He'll never bring it up again. He'll never count it against you. That's what it means to be born again. And then see, just confess him as the Lord of your life. Make him the boss. He's now the ruler. That means you get off the throne of your heart and you put him on the throne of your heart and go, Lord, from now on, I'm gonna live your way to the best of my ability. He'll give you the Holy Spirit to be your helper, to help you do it to give you the strength and authority you need to walk this thing out. He's here today. Today could be the greatest Father's Day of your life by giving your heart to the Father himself. He's ready to adopt you. I wanna pray for you if you say, that's me. I'm ready, I'm not born again. I'm not adopted into this family. But today I'm ready. The Holy Spirit is drawing you now. I wanna pray with you. I'll lead you in a prayer. And it's not the prayer that does it, it's your heart. And if you're ready today to give your life to Jesus, I wanna lead you in this prayer. Would you slip your hand up all over the room and say, that's me, I'm ready today. I need to be adopted, son or daughter. Hold it up high. Thank you, one and two, three and four. I see your hand, five. Hold it up, hold it up high. Thank you, sir. Six and seven, eight. Congregation wanna pray for each one of these. Would you say this out loud together? Say, dear Lord Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe that on the cross, you took my sin, my shame, and my guilt, and you died for it. I believe you faced hell for me so I wouldn't have to go, and that you rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, purpose on earth, and a relationship with the Father. So today, Lord Jesus, I turn from my sin to be born again. God is my Father, Jesus is my Savior, the Holy Spirit is my helper, and heaven is my home. In Jesus' name we pray, amen, amen. Happy Father's Day. We love you.